You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. You have tuned in into 3CR's program Behind Closed Doors. This program explores all topics related to sex work. We give sex workers and allies a comfortable space to share their experiences. We also appreciate questions from the general public. Behind Closed Doors aim to uncover what the sex industry is really like. Our program exists to bridge the gaps. Please be mindful this program is not suitable for little years as there may also be explicit language use. Please connect with us on Twitter at bcd3cr or email us at bcd3cr at gmail.com. Hi everyone and welcome to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital. Major, major news update, everyone. As of Monday, the 23rd of November, all sectors of the sex industry in Victoria are now allowed to go back to work. Fantastic news. So does this mean the brothels and the private workers can get back to work? Yes. So brothels are now open. Private escorts can work doing out calls unless they have a brothel license. Escort agencies are now back in business. Everyone is allowed to work within the regular legal framework of the sex laws in Victoria. Yeah. I think it's also important to mention that everyone is also encouraged and must work in a COVID-safe way as well, right? Agree. Agree. Yes, yes. How do you do that with the mask on? There is a lot of useful information regarding this on a website that we always check with, which is sexworklawreformvictoria.org.au. Hi everyone and welcome to Behind Closed Doors. We are Australia's only sex work radio show. I'm Dean and today I have Sassy and Kitty joining me. Hi Sassy and hi Kitty. Hi Dean. Hi Dean. We're going to be talking about the 16 days of activism against gender-based violence and it's a campaign from the 25th of November to the 10th of December leading up to Human Rights Day. So what does this all mean? Gender-based violence Doesn't violence occur to any and every gender? Well, I guess this time of raising awareness towards gender-based violence is about shedding light on how most women are the receivers or victims of family violence, according to statistics. And within our own individual circles, we can acknowledge that violence does happen to everyone, that, you know, no, no groups of person are immune to violence. That makes sense. You know, it occurs to everyone. It's more disproportionate towards women. On the 20th of November is Transgender Day of Remembrance, the day that we dedicate to mourning and remembering the trans people who are murdered globally every year. And overwhelmingly, the Black, Indigenous and trans women of colour are are murdered every year, unfortunately. And it can be difficult not to feel overwhelmed by the horror of transphobic violence which trans people so often experiencing. Mm. And, you know, it's thanks to you and your passion behind raising awareness that someone like me who's outside of this community is able to learn of this incidences and then in turn 
as an ally, raise awareness about this as well. Because, you know, Sassy and Dean, you both have really encouraged me to embrace and also celebrate the LGBTIQA plus community. And, you know, when I first met you, Sassy, I didn't know what pronouns were. And I'm proud, I'm proud to say I've come a very long way and I've learned a lot thanks to the both of you. We can only do this through raising awareness. And before we began the show, Sassy made a very good point that there are specific days of the year that are dedicated to raising awareness for each community group that's suffering from violence. And so the 16 days of activism that starts on the 25th of November and ends on the 10th of December is to raise awareness about gender-based violence and to end violence against women. Let's just talk a little bit about how it affects our different parts of the community. So as sex workers, we represent different parts of the sex worker community, and it does occur, I guess, from my point of view as a male-to-male sex worker, we have violence against us, and the violence that we are talking about, which is gender-based violence, is usually perpetrated by men. And so in the male-to-male sex worker community, our clients are male, and there are instances and reports of uh, violence against us. So physical assault from a client to a male sex worker. A lot of these crimes and violence is underreported, which means it is not reported at all. Now, I can go on, on a huge rant about this, but in a nutshell, it's basically male workers. We work uh, privately. We work you know, by ourselves. We are pretty much invisible within the community. And so when something happens, who do we talk to? Who do we report this to? And couple that with the stigma that we, you know, most of us feel about being sex workers and working in Victoria where it is a legalized model of sex work where you need to have a registration number to, in order to work. You can only do out calls unless you do in calls, then you're registered as a brothel, this whole convoluted hoo-ha. So most guys work invisibly, they don't report anything that's happened to them. What happens? So we, it's just this whole continuous vicious cycle of violence, this whole vicious cycle of, well, what do we do? That's why decrim is important. And on the behind closed doors, we always talk about how we need to have sex work decrim, how it's so important. I, I totally agree with you, Dean, because a lot of the LGBTQIA plus community do not report of the violence like this year within this 12 months 350 trans and gender diverse people have been officially registered as murdered around the world and i'm pretty sure there's a lot more that was murdered that wasn't uh, registered like from my experiences a lot of trans women who has difficulties in the bedroom with their clientele usually end up in violence and they of course they will be very physical violence and they never report so these guys has never been reported but they do have like we said that i always keep saying this the sisterhood thing we will be texting each other and tell what kind of guy this is so if this person gonna be contacting you and this beware of this person behavior mm. i really liked what sassy said in the beginning and she referred to how each groups of persons have a particular day of the year that is used to raise awareness so like sassy's example um, last week on the 20th of november uh, we recognize 
the Trans Day of Remembrance. And, you know, now we're starting 16 days of advocacy, raising awareness on the violence against women. And on the 3rd of December, there's the International Disability Day, followed by on the 10th of December, which is International Day of Human Rights. And we also have International Day to End Violence Against Sex Workers, also known as Red Umbrella Day. That occurs every year on the 17th of December. And the reason why this is so important, along with every other day, which is dedicated to raising awareness, is that, you know, uh, violence does happen in many aspects of our community. And it's not something we should just turn a blind eye to and say, well, it happens to everyone, so get over it. You know, we need to acknowledge that one in four Australian women do experience physical and sexual violence uh, from their partner, or when we look at statistics generally, um, violence can come from people we don't even expect. It is it is the leading cause of preventable death, disability, illness uh, for most women aged 15 to 44, according to uh, vic.gov.au. You're listening to Behind Closed Doors on 3CR 855 AM and digital radio. Tune into the station that gives voices to sex workers. Subscribe to 3CR. You've been listening to Behind Closed Doors. I've been chatting to Dean and Kitty about 16 days of activism against gender-based violence. Welcome back, guys. Hi, Sassy. Hi. Hi, everyone. Thanks. It's a really tough topic that we're talking about today, but one that's really important because when we're talking about violence against women, we're specifically referring to gender-based violence. And so we want to just call out what's happening. And, you know, in 2020, the year that we've been through has been one that's difficult for many people, uh, one where our lives and freedoms have been restricted. We've been stuck at home. And for many, this means that they have a higher exposure to their perpetrators. So do you think that the numbers of violence has raised during this COVID? I can speak from on, on the behalf of my community. The numbers has gone up this year, unfortunately. A lot of violence and even murder. Sassy, with regard to that great question, the UN Trust Fund to End Violence Against Women actually released a report that shows when WHO declared the COVID-19 outbreak on the global pandemic, uh, there was a subsequent increase in violence against women and girls, and particularly domestic violence around the entire world. So my question is, if the numbers is rising, what is this um, advocacy has done for the public? Well, I guess it's, it's what makes this advocacy even more important now to say, mm. hey, look, you know, not only do we have a pandemic, which is COVID-19, we also have a pandemic that is violence against women, violence against all groups of people who are at risk of violence. And this needs to stop. That's really shocking and alarming to hear. And I think that hopefully we can figure out what to do next. I think it always starts with have a discussion, bring light to the situation or any situation so that we have education and also information of what we can do 
because no one deserves to have violence perpetrated against them. Let's try and have 2020 end on a better note of people being more aware of, of where they can go and what they can do to get better support. I agree with you, Dean. I think you also you need to check on your friends and your family members as well. That's just probably the easiest way to reach out to them. And even though sometimes they don't want to talk, just have a normal chat. And I'm pretty sure you can sense if somebody's going through problems at home. Or even just by raising your hand and saying, hey, I'm here whenever you need. And just reminding them and giving them that reassurance that whenever they're ready, they know you're going to be there for them and that you're a reliable source of support for them. You know, while we've been discussing this, we've been very solemn because it is a very sad thing to know that groups of people are, you know, subjected to violence. But, you know, let's go to the unwomen.org website where it really rallies a call to action, you know, asking people to really make a difference during this COVID-19 pandemic and support women and girls, survivors of violence, to stay free and safe from violence. They can do this by taking action during this upcoming 16 days of activism to end gender-based violence. There's more information on the unwomen.org website, which we will link on our Twitter at BCD3CR. I want to give a shout out to The Kindest Pandemic on Facebook as well. There has been really, really good support for the public during the tough time where a lot of people share their stories there and then receiving support from outsiders. They're great resources, everyone. Sassy, from what you were saying, always be in touch with our friends. It's always about self-care as well as caring for others uh, and, and doing it in very simple ways, like just checking in with people and messages to people or a simple phone call to say, you know, how was your week? I'm here for you. If you, you want to have a chat, just keep it really simple. And having the door to a supportive conversation being always open. Yeah, definitely, Dean. And that's what we have been doing at Behind Closed Door. We've been reaching out with each other during this pandemic. So we always check on each other, which is good. I mean, it's very healthy. So on the unwomen.org website, there's a PDF that we will share on our BCD3CR Twitter account. And for individuals, you can change your social media and brand it with orange because that immediately lets your community know that you are there to support them, share support resources, and that you have information about available services. You can also donate to your local or national shelter or hotline service. There's something called Orange the World by speaking up against cyber violence. You can make a personal commitment not to condone or accept violence and to speak up. And one of the ways you can do it is just by calling it out. And it's something that um, I encourage everyone to do. It, it can be a little bit scary because you might turn the aggressor's attention towards you. But oftentimes, you know, when I see um, someone being berated at a local Coles or Woolies, you know, just stepping in or staring or making your presence aware to that perpetrator makes them realize that, hey, what they are doing is not acceptable. Speaking down towards someone, intimidating someone, or being aggressive towards their partner or their child is unacceptable. And that the outer community, which is 
people like you and I who are watching this event, we we see it and we are not accepting it, whether it's a way just by making our presence known or by verbally speaking out and saying to the victim, um, hey, are you OK? You know, come with me for a second. You know, I'm concerned about you. That was really a good point you made as well, Kitty, because we had uh, a domestic violence expert, uh, Melissa Brown, on our show a while back, and she, Melissa Brown actually mentioned that in a situation where she was at a local supermarket, she saw th- something happening, she went to a woman in distress and said to the woman, you know, are you okay? And just for a few seconds, just gave that woman almost like a circuit breaker away from the perpetrator who was being quite aggressive and abusive. These type of things that people like you and I can do have profound impacts on that relationship because I promise you that action that you have taken in that moment of time does not just stop there because when they go home it does have a lasting imprint in their memory in that victim's mind they realize hey someone stood up for me someone else out there who does not know me is willing to stand up for me and then for a moment in time they're not alone And that's something that a perpetrator does very often is to isolate their victims. And as sex workers, you know, we know what isolation is very well because our work is very isolating. You're listening to 3CR Community Radio, 855am. Visit the 3CR website at 3cr.org.au forward slash podcast to hear the most recent recording from each show or 3cr.org.au forward slash streaming to listen live. Hi everyone and welcome back to Behind Closed Doors. I'm Dean Lim, I've been chatting with Sassy Sin and Kitty Galore and we've been talking about the 16 days of advocacy. Well Dean, interestingly enough, pre-COVID, I encountered a very interesting situation where I was on my way to the grocery store and there was a man berating a woman. And he was yelling at her saying, you know, why don't you go back to your home country? Where is that Pakistan? And she was really polite and humble. And she said, no, no, I'm not uh, from Pakistan. I'm from Bangladesh. And, you know, she had a poor little baby sitting in the trolley compartment for children. And I'm thinking, wow, how how dare you? Like, how dare you speak to anyone like this, let alone a single mom and her child? So I intervened. And I said, I'm sorry, but you can't speak to anyone this way. It is inappropriate. And he started berating me (laughs) that I should start, you know, packing my bags and going back to my home country. (laughs) And then I turned to her because obviously he was incorrigible. And I turned to her and I said, I'm so sorry you're being treated this way. Not all white men are like this. Would you like to come with me to a safer place? And um, then by then, you know, he'd, he'd walk off. But their argument was just so silly. It was about her not pulling her trolley to the side and that had inconvenienced his path into Aldi. If anyone could see that situation, you would have shook your head. There was nothing stopping him from going around her. He was clearly just looking for a fight or maybe he had a bad day. Anger must be channeled through appropriate means. Now, what's even funny about this is when I turned around, I was very surprised because I saw the security guard standing behind me and I'm thinking, well, hang on, 
did I just do your job for you? Where were you in this? You know, you're the security guard. You're meant to be ensuring we're all operating in a secure environment. I mean, he had not stepped in and it's unfortunate. And that's why we must all muster the courage to step up and call it out whenever we can. I can relate to this um, experience with you. This happens only a couple of weeks ago when I was on a tram and there's three Arabic lady who in hijab was speaking in Arabic. And then there's this male, probably in his 50s, staying right in front of them and giving them that look, you know, a nasty look. And I was sitting there, I was ready to give a piece of my mind if he actually attacked them. But he eventually walked straight down and still give that look, even though from the other side of the trams. To talk about this violence, gender-based violence, can be a bit complex within the Muslim community as well. Because not many Muslim women will be going to report violence if that happens at home. Mm. Because it's it's hard because it's like against it's religion and it will be going against their husband. I find this same situation happening within the Christian circles as well. Because from my upbringing, uh, you know, coming from a very devout Christian family, you never divorce the person you marry. Like that would be one of the biggest sins you could do. You know, whomever you marry is whomever you're with for the rest of your life. And as some of our listeners might know, I have been a victim survivor of family violence and I've had to flee from my perpetrator, which resulted in going through the court system and eventually having a divorce. And, you know, my family did not take that very easily. And at the same time, um, I do know people who are very close to my heart who are still experiencing family violence but cannot leave because of their religion, uh, because they feel as if they would be shunned by their own close communities and by their family should they leave their husband. It's really heartbreaking. And also, as previously discussed on our episode with Melissa Brown, I spoke about my experiences as a victim survivor of family violence. It's actually very, very underreported in the LGBTIAQ plus communities. Gender-based violence really does occur in so many communities. And like what you were both saying, I've also anecdotally, I've heard of gender-based violence occur in primarily domestic situations with couples so and i've heard of uh, some really some quite awful situations where same-sex partners have domestic violence situations and the perpetrator is still the person with the, all the power and you know it's very hard for the other person because they are trapped in a situation and it's very hard for them to leave so my question i guess is what resources can people access you know, I come from a Muslim background and I have noticed a promising shift as Muslim women stand up to male-dominated religious institutions, misogyny and widespread racism and reclaim their rights. Social media is providing opportunities for women to find each other and express their concern in safe spaces. You really hit the nail on the head, Sassy. I think is where we can all access more information. We can access a community of support and ultimately 
uh, help victim survivors? You know, going back onto everything that we've spoken about today, we just need to be there for those who are ready to leave their difficult situation. We need to be there to raise awareness and we need to just uh, increase our own knowledge as well so that we can fight this good fight. So as part of the resources, I just want to share a little bit about definitions between the differences of family violence and domestic violence. And um, if we go to Mission Australia, it states it out very clearly that domestic violence refers specifically about violent behavior between current and former intimate partners. Uh, whereas family violence is actually the broader term that refers to violence between all family members that include current and former intimate partners, as well as parent and child, siblings and more. So if ever you're unsure what terminology to use, the best one to use is always family violence because that's the larger, broader term that will encompass everything. With resources, we've actually accumulated quite a few numbers, websites that people can access. This is also in line with what we did with uh, Melissa Brown a few episodes ago. And again, people can check that out on our podcast page, as well as we will be posting this on our Twitter account, which is at BCD3CR. Yes, when it comes to reaching out and getting support, what I like to say to those who come to me for advice is to always try and not give up. So if you pick up the phone and a caller, if they just don't seem to click with you, then hang up and please, please, please call again. Don't make that generalization that one bad support worker means all of them are bad. We are our best advocates and we need to stay really strong when we're reaching out for support. I'm so sorry that you know these bad experiences do happen. I've had many bad experiences on my own, but the only way I have found good support is by not giving up. And I want to encourage you to keep trying to find that good support worker who is there. I personally encourage people to have conversation, even though you don't want to talk about your personal matters, probably just having a conversation would lead to what you are going through, your problems at home or in general. On this show, Behind Closed Doors, we often talk about self-care and it is so important that we also have self-awareness and the strength to face whatever challenge we go through. It's slowly step by step that we can find these resources. So if anyone finds themselves in a situation where they are uh, facing violence, there are resources available. There are good people available to support, to help you. It's just little by little, step by step, you can do it. And we should also make it very clear that violence isn't necessarily physical violence where you get punched in the face or physically shoved. You know, violence can take so many forms. It can be mental abuse, financial abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. It can take the form where someone has sexually assaulted you. When something that's just shocking happens to you, you tend to question it. You tend to say, hang on, did this really happen? Why me? Did that person really intend to? And it's really good to have a really safe environment to talk about this, whether it's with a uh, professional trained on a service like Lifeline or to share it with 
a small team that you can trust. And for me, you know, I, I am very lucky to have my co-hosts, Sassy and Dean, who are very supportive of me and my support networks, whom I know I can just pick up the phone and I can speak to professionals who are there to support me. And I want to encourage people who are listening in, who are part of this awesome, amazing community to encourage one another to speak up, to communicate and to work through these difficult situations that we do encounter or that our loved ones encounter and we must uplift everyone. I agree with you, Kitty, because in the wake of the Me Too movement, not many people are on the side of these women because they was assaulted maybe a decade ago and why did it come up now? People grieve differently with um, sexual assault, especially with sexual assault. So if you think that nobody gonna believe you trust me there's other people who are going to believe your story and mm. will help you to take action and it's also so hard to want to speak up because when you speak up it takes that courage mm. that may not be there um, it also takes a lot of time it takes a lot of emotional effort and mm. sometimes burying it below the carpet or sweeping it aside or trying to brainwash ourselves to say well you know let's not make it a bigger deal than it was sometimes mm. that overwrites the importance of actually speaking out so that in turn we can combat these types of terrible behaviors that violate our consent. I advise everyone to speak out. All our voices matter and it's just one voice at a time. We can do it. Don't forget to look at BCD3CR on Twitter where we will link you to all the support services that you can tap into should you need further support. We wish you all the best and don't forget that we are all in this together in our combat against gender-based violence. Breathe in and out. You're listening to 3CR. This is My Power by Beyonce, Tira Wack, featuring Nija Busiswa and Moonchild Sanelli. Step 
fire, this ain't no power. This that nappy, this that herb, this that kinfo, this that skinfo, this that war, this that bloodline on the front line, ready for war. Where you gonna run? Take my grace, keep it locked in the safe. Don't make me get back to my ways. My power they never take. Don't know, good take my power. 